Hello friends, this is David White popping in at the top of the episode really quick to give you a content warning for this episode. This episode features depictions of child endangerment and child abuse. If you would rather not be privy to this sort of content, you could skip ahead to about the 24-23 minute mark of our episode. Uh, We want you to enjoy this episode, but more importantly, we want you to be safe and avoid any triggers that may be harmful to you. Be safe, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And I wouldn't mind the microchip, to be honest. Especially if they could find a way to use it to, like, put information into my brain. Hmm. The information they wanted you to have, though, not the real information. That's true. Uh, You know, there is something that you can use to put information in your brain. Oh, no. Studying. I was going to say your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I just want someone to be like, flash drive. Yours work, too. Here is psychology. <laughs> download complete. I'd like to download <laughs> Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. We have very different. You have downloads. all the knowledge of it, but you can't do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know all the forms. So most weebs. <laughs> uh, I want the the intersect. What about sex? <laughs> nope. Not that. <laughs> From Chuck. <laughs> Anyways, not the you sex fuck from Chuck. Chuck what? <laughs> the intersect from the TV show. Quit Chuck. talking about sex on the oh show, Tessa. Gosh. When do we not talk about sex on the show? I don't know what that is at all. All the time. You um, never watched Chuck? Zachary Levi. I Chuck. Original Zachary Levi. I know who Zachary Levi is. <laughs> oh, not the not the new Zachary Levi. The remake Zachary Levi. The original Zachary Levi. Yeah. Olá, meus amigos. O meu nome é Tavo Silva. E vocês estão ouvindo o podcast Misconceptions. This just keeps getting weirder and weirder. Though I gotta say, Faye 2.0, I'm here for it. But how is the wolf and the guy in the wheelchair the same person? Are they the same person? Are they twins? What? This is... My body hurts. We've got to get through whatever this is. Previously on Misconceptions, the crew was fighting the wolf and the wizard. Uh, well, first of all, it was just Mohammed and Esther were fighting the wolf and the wizard. Uh, and meanwhile, Faye was somewhere else uh, with Lisa. More specifically, she was in the Enchanted Forest with Lisa. Uh, as Lisa was dying, and so too was the forest, because the forest was connected to Lisa. And Lisa needed to pass on her powers to somebody. Faye was there. She passed on her powers and her title to Faye. 
Faye used her new powers to transport herself across the city, and as she stepped through, she saw Esther with a smoking crater in her chest, and she saw Linda hovering over her. And Faye snapped, losing the last vestige of her mortal, mundane life and fully opening herself up to be the avatar of Maid Marian, uh, focused only on one goal and now with a wealth of abilities at her disposal. With these abilities, she quickly trapped Linda in the earth and uh, also trapped the wolf. Uh, after Mohammed had uh, pushed him through the window, and Mohammed had also gotten pretty banged up. Mohammed, in a desperate attempt to find Woodard, dove into the oven, which is seemingly somehow connected to the portals that uh, Linda is able to make. Um, but he dove into the, po- the oven portal to find Woodard. Meanwhile, outside, Esther and Faye unmasked the wolf and found the face underneath was uh, one that they had seen before, or one that Esther had seen before in the face of Logan, Linda's brother, who is in the wheelchair inside the house. Um, And this episode opens up in the oven. Actually, in the swirling abyss of mist and dark colors that the oven opens up into. Mohammed, you are standing on a solid surface that you cannot see. Um, there is coiling mist all around you, uh, but not necessarily the mist of the city, but just this mystical manifestation of interdimensional magic all around you. As I said, you're standing on a solid surface you cannot see. Uh, And if you can see it, you can see through it, because you also see that coiling mist underneath your feet. It reaches on in every direction as far as you can see. You cannot even see the opening of the oven behind you anymore. What do you do? Uh, Mohammed's gonna just start running in a direction and yelling for Okay. You start running, your feet clacking on this invisible surface as you're running, screaming out Woodard's name, it echoing off of distant walls that you cannot see. Feel like you run forever. And as you run, you find something in your path. It is small and faintly glowing. But it lays in your path just like a speck, a crumb on the ground in front of you. What do you do? Mama's gonna crouch down and take a good long look at it. Kind of just trying to get a feel for what it is. Just gonna sniff it, touch it. And as soon as you touch it, there's a bright flash of light that fills the screen. And as <laughs> and you died. You shouldn't have touched it. Don't touch things you don't know, kids. Um, but as the flash of light fades, uh, you are in a sepia-colored scene. You are still full color, but your sepia-colored scene. 
And what you see is a forest road late at night. There's rain all around you, and you hear the crackling of a fire coming from behind you. What do you do? Turn around. You turn around, and you see a vehicle that is overturned in the ditch. There is fire billowing up from the front end of this car. Uh, The rain cannot quench the flame. And you hear screaming coming from inside the van. Uh, I'm gonna run over and grab uh, grab the door and try to wrench it open. Okay, you run over to the door. It is already rent asunder, and you like kind of push your way in, and you see a small child hanging upside down from their seat. Um, her pigtail is like trailing down past her head. She is screaming. She has cuts. <laughs> Uh, you can see the child's parents in the front seat. Um, they are dead. What do you do? Um, uh, manifests his claws on his hands and, uh, just kind of shreds the seatbelt, grabs the kid, and pulls him, pulls him out. Okay. And as you reach to rend these seat, the seatbelt apart and grab the kid... From the other side of the car, the car door opens up, and you see a young boy standing there. And he looks in, he looks at his parents in the front, and looks at the girl hanging, and before your hand can touch the seatbelt clasp, he rushes up, unclasps it, and grabs the child, and he carries her out the other side of the car. Climb back out of the car and go around the other side to find those kids. Yeah. And you see them both there. Uh, the older boy holding the smaller girl as she is crying and he is crying too. Um, their tears are mingling in the rain. He is trying to soothe her and patting her head and whispering to her. Uh, what do you do? Uh, put a hand on both of their shoulders. Hey, uh, you guys Okay. As you go to touch them, your hand passes through them as if through vapor. You might pass your hand back through them a couple of times and it you find no purchase. But you can still hear the little girl crying. And you hear the little boy saying, shh, shh, it's okay. It's okay, we're gonna be okay, Linda. That scene fades. You are back in the mist-filled room. That speck dims. See another light up in front of you. Yeah. Go up and touch it. Uh, you walk forward. You touch the next moat. There's a flash of... It fades away. You're in another scene, but this scene is familiar to Muhammad. Mohammed, could you describe where has this taken you? What memory is this? You see a small, uh, darker-skinned boy uh, sitting in a hospital waiting room. He's just kind of sitting there. He's, he's, you can tell he's been crying, but his tears have dried, and he's starting to hold himself together. 
And then you see um, another young boy, um, even darker skin, with an older, uh, white-haired woman um, walk up. They take him by the hand, and they leave the hospital, and it fades away. Okay. That scenes fade away. And I'm going to assume that Mohammed keeps walking forward and touching these specks. So uh, we will not narrate him doing that, but in between these scenes, we see Muhammad walking up to each speck and touching it and having a vision. Uh, the next scene we see is sepia tone again. You see the same children from before in a courtroom. Um, the judge is reading some different things to them. You hear the words uh, foster home uh, and safe place and uh, good people thrown around then the judge says and your caretaker is here for you and we see a kindly old woman walk up place her hands on these two pairs of shoulders and she says well you can call me granny and Linda and Logan I'm just so happy to meet you We're going to have a sweet life together. That scene fades. What scene do we see from Muhammad's life? You see the same two boys, a little bit older. Um, The smaller of the two is, has just been pushed onto the ground by a group of boys um, who seem to be teasing him. You see the taller boy, still taller for his age, but a little bit gangly. He walks forward. He punches one of the one of the bullies in the face, um, and is immediately pushed to the ground and kicked and beaten up by the entire group. Uh, and the boys walk away laughing. And the smaller boy reaches down, grabs him by the hand, and pulls him up. Okay. Next scene, we are in a familiar home. We are inside the candy-colored home. Uh, that belongs to the woman known as Granny. Uh, And we see Linda and Logan, uh, a little bit older, but still pretty young. She brings out like a a plate of cookies and gives it to Linda and gives it to Logan and says, eat up, eat up. You're gonna need more and more energy. Get that sugar. And we see uh, this tray in front of them half-eaten cookies and brownies on it and you see just sickly looks on their faces and Granny says eat up children and Linda says my my tummy hurts Granny you hear Granny snap eat up and we can see over Granny's shoulder into the kitchen and we see piles of cookies sheets of brownies, a stack of pancakes, all waiting to come to these children. Logan reaches over and takes the cookie from uh, Linda's hand and eats it for her. And Granny steps over and says, You're such a sweet boy, Logan. And uh, she pats him on the head. That scene fades. What scene do we see from Muhammad? You see the same two boys, much older, um, and you can tell now that this is Muhammad and Woodard. Um, They're wearing a cap and gown, and they 
are smiling at each other as the um, as the valedictorian of their class finishes their speech, and then they all throw their hats into the air. of hats in the air it fades away again so we see uh logan and linda a little older probably in middle school high school um and they're sitting at the dinner table with granny um there's some banana nut bread on the table and uh granny is sitting at the end of the table uh and uh, she is once again encouraging linda and logan to eat up and uh, Linda slices some of the the loaf of banana bread, puts it on her plate, and then we look across the table at Logan, who looks sickly, uh, withered even, a sallow complexion, uh, sunken eyes, and he dutifully eats the uh, sugary food in front of him. That scene fades away. Mohammed, what's the next scene? You see Mohammed and Woodard, big grins on their face as they place a placard on a door. Lockley and Catan, the opening of their very first law office. Yeah, law, law office. And they turn around and they both reach out and they give a big hug to this hunched over, very old woman, same woman from the first scene, and they're smiling. She gives them both a kiss on the cheek and says, I'm so proud of you. And it fades away. Cut to a scene. Uh, a, a circle of candles is down in the basement. And we see Granny walking with Linda in front of her. Linda, once again, an older young girl, um, walks down into the basement. Uh, and Granny motions for the circle. Uh, and I think for this point, we don't hear any voices. But we can see their mouth moving, but we don't hear any words. Uh, Granny motions for the circle. Linda looks a little confused. She mouths something, but Granny grabs Linda by the arm and starts dragging her towards a circle. Um, and as Linda starts to fight, uh, Granny snaps her fingers, and these... What could have been thought of as, sorry Christian, mannequins along the walls, step forward and grab Linda's arms and drag her into the circle, pinning her down, some grabbing her legs and pinning her down. Linda is screaming and struggling. And meanwhile, Granny has a book in her hands, speaking some sort of incantation. And as she does, we see like some sort of energy start to waft off of Linda and start to coalesce in the air uh, into some sort of sweetly colored energy. And then all of a sudden we see Logan rush in from the side. Logan punches one of these mannequin people in the face and the face caves in crumbling like a cookie. Um, He grabs Linda and as he disrupts whatever ritual is going on the energy rescinds back into her body and Granny is angry, frustrated, fuming and we see Logan talking Linda starts shaking her head we see her mouthing the words no, no and 
Logan pats her head, strokes her hair, just like he did on that rainy night by the road so long ago. And for the first time, we hear him speak in the scene, and he says, It's going to be okay, Linda. The gingerbread people take Linda out of the circle. Logan lays down willingly. Granny completes the ritual, and we see Logan's soul sucked out of his body, floating towards Granny, and we see her reach out her hand. It coalesces into like some sort of pastry or cookie, and she takes a bite of Logan's soul. Linda screams and fights against the gingerbread men that are holding her there. That scene fades away. Scene comes in in a courtroom. You see the old woman sitting, Muhammad and Woodard beside her, as a judge makes the decision. The old woman breaks into tears, and this very scumbag-looking, rich person grins as he walks out of the out of the room. Flashes forward to the same man being dangled out of a window by Muhammad as Woodard is just monologuing at him. And Muhammad goes to pull him in and Woodard smacks his hand and the man falls. <laughs> you see Muhammad's face just fall yeah. as he realizes just what has just happened. Yeah. And I think parallel or conversely, we see Woodard's face is just staring down the edge of his nose, just grimacing. It comes back up with Linda, much older, a woman in her own right. And we see her walking up the front steps to the uh, candy-colored house. Uh, We see the door open, and we see an unfamiliar child is there. A new child. But we see Granny just the same as she was years ago. Granny looks shocked and surprised, and Linda pulls out a book of her own, and she reads an incantation, and a portal opens up behind Granny. Granny turns around surprised, going to reach for her own magical items on her belt, but Linda plants a boot firmly on her chest and pushes her in, and then closes the portal. That scene fades, but it doesn't end. Because then we see Linda laboring over a gingerbread mannequin, chiseling these runes into uh, the body. We see uh, that candy color appear again above the gingerbread, and then it seeps into the runes. The runes glow brightly. The gingerbread man sits up, and we see features appear on their face, the features of Logan. She speaks to him. Logan? But the gingerbread man just turns and looks unspeakingly at her. And we see tears start to stream down Linda's face, and she grabs the back of Logan's, or the gingerbread man's head, She says, it's going to be okay, Logan. And Mohammed, as you lift your fingers off of that final speck, that final breadcrumb, 
as it were. You look up and you see a shape huddled in the mist in front of you. What do you do? Uh, I rush to it. You rush to it. You see the shape of water lying unconscious amidst all the mist. Pick him up. You pick him up. And as you pick him up, you realize you are not alone. You turn and you see this hag of a woman. You recognize her as Granny, though here, without any souls to sustain her, she is decrepit. She sees you and she's supporting herself on like a wooden spoon that is large enough to be a staff for her. She looks at you and she says, Children, could you help an old lady? I only help those who deserve it. I just walk past her. Okay, you walk past her following the the trail of breadcrumbs back the way you came, back towards the entrance, leaving the granny in the mist, but also floating up above everything, you see a dog beastman that's just floating and looking around. Listeners, you'll remember that uh, Bill trapped a dog man in the mist portal whenever he had a domino a long time ago uh it's still there uh Amazing. we cut from that scene to outside of the candy colored house Faye and esther what are you doing so has any time passed between the like the last episode at this point for us no okay let's pick it up right there um so esther is just like staring dumbfounded like still trying to comprehend how this is also the man in the wheelchair and like she doesn't doesn't compute Faye there's a man in the house in a wheelchair that is the same as this man Faye scrunches her eyebrows and does like a side glance towards Esther I don't know how to explain it. He, We found him in a room. He was catatonic. I don't know. But I think this is Linda's brother. Or a version of her brother. Linda, start talking. What do you want to know? Who is this man? That is a homunculus that I made out of magic and gingerbread to house the disembodied soul of my brother. That's so messed up. So your brother is in this shell? Until I can find a way to get him out of there and back into his real body. Which is in the house. Yes. So, I'm assuming that the cabal has promised that they will help you do this if you help them yes see Linda the thing is I had really decided that I hated you and that you were an evil person so I'm gonna need you to clear this up for me well noir is all about conflicting characters (laughs) baby (laughs) 
are you being controlled by the Cabal? Or are you an evil person? I'm somebody who's just trying to do what's right by her older brother. So what are you going to do, Mary Poppins? You going to kill me? Faye's face has hardened. You saw a glimpse of something for a moment. You tried to save one person and took the goodness out of the world. That is unforgivable. The only goodness in my world was that one person. You didn't look hard enough. Don't. Don't. You have no idea the horrors that we went through in this house. You don't get to come in here on your high horse and lecture me about my choices to protect my world. Because I guarantee if you were in my shoes, you would have done the same thing or even worse. I lost my father to the Cabal. So I've been through some stuff and I haven't done what you did, what you're doing. So I don't think you have an excuse. Fate nods as Esther is saying her piece. And then Faye bends down and gets in, like, right in Linda's face. I watched kids die because of your actions. You have made, have seen something difficult with your brother, but you killed innocent children and feel no shame. Nothing in this world is innocent. We all have blood on our hands. Some more than others. What's next? What do you mean, what's next? What's the next step towards the end of this? Where's the dragon? Is there a real dragon? He's real, all right. How do we kill him? I don't know. Come on, Linda. You're a lot smarter than that. Yeah, I'm smart. But what he's told me is not everything. What has he told you? He's told me his plan to turn this city into his own little kingdom. He's shown me his artifacts and relics and reliquaries and items of power. And he's promised me access to all of it. The amount of magic at his disposal, just in the artifacts that he has collected. I know there's a way to bring back my brother. And so when he promised me that, to be his little spokesperson and to get this whole cabal together and to see this plan to fruition, I leapt on it. Because nothing I had done had made a difference. And what makes you trust him? I don't. 
But I trust what he has. And that's resources. So you do his bidding with no guarantee. Again, I've seen what's in there. And I know I could use it. But you don't know that you'll ever have access to it. You think you're going to just take him down? No, we have an agreement. Right, because he's trustworthy. I get that you're desperate. Desperate? Desperate doesn't even explain how I was ten years ago. I'm at the bottom of the barrel. There is nothing left. I have tried everything. Blood magic. Necromancy. All of it. Nothing has brought him back. This is my only option. And whenever you have one option, you take it. No matter the consequences. And I'm sorry you lost your dad. But I'm sure if you had explored every avenue to bring him back, like I explored to bring my brother back, and you were in my shoes, you would do the same thing. You can't know what I would do? And are you trying to accuse me of not doing anything for my father? He's still dead, isn't he? Hello friends and welcome to episode 89 of Misconceptions. I'm your host, David White. And uh, oh boy, oh boy, we're learning a little bit about Linda and Logan. Learning some about Mohammed and Woodard. And uh, pretty emotional stuff, am I right? And the really emotional stuff is still yet to come. But anyways, let's get to some show notes before we get back to this very emotional episode. There is a geek out during the credits at the end of this episode. Be sure to stick around to hear us discuss everything that's happened in this episode, everything that happened in the two episodes prior. Uh, Be sure to stick around for that out-of-character discussion about our show. And we have three episodes left three episodes left of misconceptions y'all things are wrapping up and i am so very excited for you to listen to these final three episodes Uh, i mean i'm excited for you to listen to the one that you're listening to right now of course but there's even more good stuff coming and with the end of Misconceptions, we are going to be doing our Geek Out After the Series, where I sit down with uh, the cast and talk about parts of the show, questions they have, their characters. But I would also like to talk about what questions you have. So if you have any questions that you would like for me or the crew to answer, please send them to misconceptionspod at gmail.com or 
you can go to our Discord. There is a link in the show notes below. Go to our Discord and post about them in the Burning Questions channel. And as you know, this show is fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. And this past month, we took a pretty massive hit to our Patreon. We lost about $100, which meant that we went from around $500 below $400. Uh, And for a little bit, we were not able to... uh, pay our performers for the work that we do because we drop below that $400 level. Thankfully, we had someone come to our rescue, uh, and we'll, we'll thank them in a little bit. I want to give them their time to shine. But because of that massive hit, I can no longer afford to pay our editors for the awesome work and effort they put into making each episode of Misconceptions, Sense of the Father, and our patron-exclusive show so, so good. So if you enjoy this show, even though there's only three episodes left of Misconceptions, I would love to be able to continue to pay our editors for the work that they do on Sense of the Father and on After Hours. And you know, even though Misconceptions is going to be wrapping up, I am currently working on Misconceptions 2. I'm editing those episodes right now, and so I would, uh, you know, I would like some monetary compensation for my work in getting Misconceptions 2 ready. So, if you love this show, if you're excited about Misconceptions 2, if you love the awesome talent we have here at Misconceptions Podcast Network, please go to our Patreon, help us get back to the $500 level so that I can afford to pay our editors for the work that they do. And you know, earlier I mentioned the knight in shining armor that came and got us back to $400 a month so we could keep paying our cast, and that knight in shining armor is none other than Sean Haddock. Sean, thank you so much for your generous donation to get us back to our $400 a month goal. You are an awesome person. Your hair is wonderful, and you're just a cool dude. Uh, So, Sean, thank you so much for helping us on Patreon, and also thank you to all of our patrons, past and present. Uh, Even though that have come and gone, we still thank you for the gift that you gave us while you gave it to us, and we are so thankful for our patrons that still are giving to us to keep this show and all the other shows of the Misconceptions Podcast Network going. All right, that is enough out of me. Uh, Just get ready for the end of this episode. It is a very emotional one. Uh, You know, make sure you have some tissues ready. Make sure you have drank lots of water. Uh, And I hope that you enjoy the rest of this episode. kick her in the head you hear her muscles and neck bone strain against your attack as again the her body is trapped in earth and her head just flies back uh and once again uh who you now know is logan strains against the 
timbers and you hear them creaking and groaning as he's straining to free himself and he like reaches out towards you and like his fingers are like inches from your jacket but he cannot grab you her head rocks back now another bruise on the other side of her head and like maybe some like blood vessels busted in her eye where's the dragon you've met him already He's hiding in plain sight, his little ivory tower overlooking everything. The dragon is Drace DeSantos. And in case y'all forgot. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, I remember the Not name, even. but I'm like, uh, I don't even Drace DeSantos is the CEO of Legendary Solutions, the uh, biggest business in the city. Uh, When she says that you met him, you met him on the night of the gala. Uh, He was there and he uh, got up and did a little speech because he was paying for the mayoral debate gala so that Pip Hamill could debate uh, incumbent Corallo. Uh, He got up and said some nice words and then he sat down and they conversed. Um, So I guess you didn't meet him, but you saw him at the gala. Uh, and I mean, you've seen him everywhere. Uh, he is a billionaire. He owns all these businesses. Um, he's a he's a heartthrob, a handsome dude. Uh, he's a philanthropic. Uh, all this stuff. Uh, and so she says that. Fainons. Linda. Sometimes to move on from something, you have to let it go where it belongs. Your brother's soul does not belong in this world. I want to say that Muhammad comes out as Faye is reaching back to grab Esther's gun. Definitely. (laughs) Uh, So, Muhammad, you step through the door. Uh, You came through the oven. You walk through the kitchen and the living room back to the front door. Yeah, just carrying still an unconscious Woodard. Um, You step out into the front lawn. You see Faye reaching back for Esther's gun. Faye! Wait! Woodard, he's unconscious. He needs your help. I have to handle this first. He gets this just a mixture of hurt and confusion and just he has no idea what would compel you to do anything over helping Woodard. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> okay, we'll see what GM says about this. Um, and if Esther lets Faye. Um, Faye reaches back, grabs Esther's gun, Linda. Inflicting her point. Okay. So uh, you're reaching <laughs> for the gun. First of all, Esther, do you just let her take your gun? I'm, I don't know. Okay. I feel like no. So... Faye reaches out but. for your gun and you like just pull it out of her reach. It, yeah, that's just my natural instinct. Okay. Esther pulls a gun out of your reach. Esther. This ends now. By my hand. <laughs> Damn. Faye. <laughs> Faye steps. Faye steps. 
back, giving Esther a clear shot. Uh, you <laughs> step forward directly over Linda. Mm-hmm. Esther, don't. If things had been different, I would be where she is. She would be where I'm standing. Esther keeps the gun trained on Linda. What do you mean? Take the shot, Esther. She and her brother, they lost everything. They got in a bad home. If Woodard's grandmother hadn't been there, it could have been me. I don't think you would have done what she's done. I've done enough. He's slowly walking towards you with his hand out. He's gonna try to step between you and Linda. Esther lowers the gun. She made her choices, Muhammad. And fate crushes her with the earth. We don't see Linda die. The camera stays on Faye. Faye's expression is blank. As has happened, she's not looking at either one of them. She just looks in between the both of them as the plants move until she knows that they're on. The camera goes over to Logan. Uh, as the vines are crawling across him and he's reaching out. And before your vines can kill him, we see the light go out of his eyes and he falls limp. Your vines crawl across his chest, over his arms, around his neck, and shatter his empty shell. We go downstairs in the basement with Pip. There is a nasty wound in his side and magical runes all around it. As Linda dies, those magical runes fade away. The necrotic flesh starts to creep over the rest of his body. Pip Hamill takes one last breath and dies. And as he dies, we see the dozens of gingerbread pips buckle at the knees and collapse to the ground, deactivated. We cut to City Hall we see a door that says Mayor Hamill's office. We hear a scream from inside. No, God, no! The door flings open and we see Deacon. He screams into the hall, Help! Somebody help! We cut from that scene to a uh, man and a woman down by the docks, romantic tryst, as it were. And as they're talking, holding each other in their arms, you hear a voice say, Excuse me? They look over and they see a small child in a brown hood. And they say, Could could you tell us where we are? And as the camera pans up, you see a crowd, hundreds of children with brown hoods, We cut back to the candy-colored house with Woodard unconscious on the steps. Mohammed with his hands reached out towards Esther, Esther's gun at her side. 
and Faye with an expressionless look on her face as Linda is dead in the earth in front of her. End of episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Misconceptions. We'll be back with our next episode on August 16th. We do have a Facebook and a Twitter, and you can find us on both of those social media platforms to get up-to-date information about the show and behind-the-scenes pictures. You can also email us at misconceptionspod at gmail.com if you would like to contact us that way. You can also click the link in the show notes below to join our Discord so you can chat with us and also chat with other friends of the show. This show is wholly supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to join that elite group of supporters, please click the link below and give any amount that you can. City of Mist is an RPG created by Son of Oak. You can find more of their products at sonofoak.com. The Misconceptions theme music was composed by Aaron Wharton. You can find more of his music at aaronwharton.net. Misconceptions is a product of the Misconceptions Podcast Network. And that is it for this week's episode of Misconceptions. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you're ready for the final three, because they're coming quick. Keep it nerdy, y'all. That was the most intense game of anything I've ever played. Yeah, that was a. That was intense. Do we want to geek out now? (laughs) Sure. I'm like, like, can we go back and do it differently? (laughs) Nope. It's done. But the children are free. Faye wow. doesn't know it yet, but... And Faye probably... Won't care. Won't care. Yeah. That's tr- wow. Oh All right. So, uh... Let's, let's just take a poll real quick. <laughs> Is that the most emotional episode of Misconceptions we've ever had? Oh that God. was insane. There goes everything. Oh, yeah. God. Christian's not okay. <laughs> Christian is crying. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I never thought I'd be this att- attached to Muhammad. Like actually yeah. attached to Muhammad. Like oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I and see Muhammad all... and Faye having some issues. With oh my uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Be bad. <laughs> yeah. So um. 
<sighs> okay, hi. Let's talk about those episodes. How's everybody feeling? <laughs> it went wildly different than I thought it would. I'll just go ahead and put uh, the wizard and the wolf's cards away. Oh, God. They're, um, they're gone. I would like to, to preface this by saying that <clears throat> Tessa... <laughs> did not want to do that yeah but it was new phase it was her mission yeah 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 it was Ooh, that got dark yeah i really was trying to find another way to kill her so it wouldn't be um me crushing her with the earth yeah yeah, yeah. that did not happen Yes. Yeah. All good. Hell of storytelling. Carrie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> were you? You were. You were like gonna kill Linda. Well, so. In your heart, you had done the thing. Linda had hit some very mm-hmm. serious chords with Esther. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She because she had made Esther feel like she hadn't done everything she could for her father, and she mm-hmm. was like, "Then I'll do what I can now, mm-hmm. and I will get back at somebody that was a part of killing him." Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're telling me that I didn't do enough. Yeah, and that's what I've been doing my entire life. Yeah. Uh, but then, in Esther's mind, it was like, "But what does that accomplish?" And she's not a threat at this point because she's in the earth. So, like, I can take a beat. Yeah. Esther would have liked to have been able to react before Faye did what she did. But. Yeah. Also, Carrie would like to reiterate that this is a story. Yes. Yes, Yes, this is not real. Yes, for sure. Yes. And that these are our characters. Uh Yes. And not us as people. She just feels like she needs to say it. Uh Yes. Yeah. The Um, opinions expressed by our characters do not not necessarily represent by the individuals. Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely. Um, Is Esther going to regret not killing Linda? No. You don't think so? No. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a, that was a heavy episode. Um, I I always wanted Linda and Logan's story to be very tragic. Uh-huh. It um, was. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that was succeeded. Uh, yeah. Uh, because uh, Linda, uh, I mean, I've loved Linda since I introduced her on the podcast at uh, the Dog Pound. Um. Yeah, I, I always wanted her to be this very, uh, very conflicting character. I think there uh, there was a part of Tessa, maybe not a part of Faye, but hopefully a part of Faye, <laughs> too, that, that was thinking when they died and why Faye wanted to make sure that both of them mm. died mm. is that they both would be free. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, once Linda died, all of her magical effects yeah. dissipated, mm-hmm. yeah. which is yeah. why Pip died, right, uh, yeah. which is why the kids were freed, um, which probably probably won't come up in the uh, story, but she had put them all in the mist-filled chamber. 
Gotcha. Um, oh. Probably not a great idea to put them in there with the soul stealing granny, but yeah, the soul stealing granny. She didn't find them. Yeah, soul stealing <laughs> granny never found them because that place is vast. Right. Um, also, y'all had already been there. If you remember, whenever you were at the meeting room and the meeting room fell apart like breadcrumbs, you were left floating in that room. Interesting. She was she was going to leave you in the oven and escape herself. Because uh, the way I described it, she was like floating away from everybody. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, no, she can't control herself. She can control herself. She was going towards the door <laughs> to leave y'all there. So good. <laughs> What did we end up doing? Did we just crazy. go? Bill used his domino to open up a portal and yeah. used his cloud to uh, whisk y'all away and through the portal. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you, he it. grabbed Linda, too. Dang. My heart hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just a story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one didn't uh, feel very good. <laughs> I'm so glad we're all at a table together. <laughs> Honestly, though, I am. Yeah, me too. This would have been yes. I don't, first of all, this episode wouldn't have been as just amazing. Yes. And second of all, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's fair. Um, I'm curious what um y'all's thoughts were on keeping them alive, like. What would have been the next? So steps? Muhammad was going to suggest. Of course, she had to atone for her crimes, um, but he was going to help her search for a way to save her brother. Yeah. Because he saw Woodard. Right. Yeah, because Woodard was Muhammad's protector, just like Logan was mm-hmm. Linda's protector. Faye's avatar state is a, a fun one. Yeah, how do you like being an avatar? There are parts of it that are real fun. Yeah, you basically oh, yeah. do whatever you want. Yeah, that's like you, pretty great. You punked the wolf. Oh yeah. Pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that part is pretty great. Um, the part that really isn't great is that the thing I love most about Faye is. How much she cares about others. She's the one Mm -hmm. who lost herself. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard for me to... And, you know, listeners, you obviously couldn't see this, but nearly the entire episode, I knew that Faye would have them killed by the end of the episode, unless she was stopped by someone. Um, And my... Like hands were over my eyes, my hands were over my mouth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if we had been streaming this, nobody would have seen Tessa's entire face the whole episode because uh, she was hiding it the whole episode. Uh, yes, I knew it was coming. Um, because you know, Faye's looking at this very objectively. <laughs> Christian just threw her point for Faye. Um. But yeah, but I mean, if you're looking at it objectively, Faye is trying to end classism, and Linda is perpetuating that oppression. Yeah, yeah. And so, Linda isn't willing to change. Yeah. That means Linda is gone. Yeah, yeah. Which is very... <laughs> um, 
not um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is but very it, it's not gray enough um, for like real life but right. neither is Faye right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and yes it killed me too that Faye did not go to Woodard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew it wasn't going to happen mm-hmm. and I was just like I you're gonna add just a few more. Just, another, just one more. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I know. I'm so sorry. Such a heavy episode. Um, but now you know who the dragon is. Yeah. Yeah, I would have never guessed that in a million years. Yeah. Seeing as how we don't remember that character, so. And his name is Drake with a C. Yeah. <laughs> Should that mean something to me? Drace Drake de Santos is so Drake is like a type of dragon esque creature. Uh. Yeah, and uh, de Santos means of a saint. So He's the dragon, dragon of the saint. Of the saint, George. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know if he Your knows naming that. conventions are so on the nose. <laughs> that you don't notice, and it's genius. <laughs> like Pip Hamill is like, oh, he's a Pied Piper of Hamlin. Yeah. Oh. It's like, oh my god, I'm an idiot. Yeah. 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 I wish I'd been more clever with uh Jer- Jeremiah and Dr. Jacoby's names. Uh but they were introduced like in the first episode when I had no idea what I was no, doing. So did you expect Linda and the Wolfman to die? Um Oh yeah. I mean sure. I expect them to die. I I mean, I expected them to be defeated because really they needed to be defeated to progress a story. Yeah. Mm. Um, you solidly trapped her, uh, but if you hadn't, uh, if stuff wasn't going their way, I would have had them teleport away right. uh, for you to confront her later. But I think, I mean, narrative, baby, it happened now. And I think it was a beautiful, poignant, horrible, terrible moment. Yeah. Uh, Listeners, please don't leave. <laughs> oh, if anything, this is going to make them laugh more. <laughs> yeah. uh, they live for this stuff. Yeah, this is a... They live for our pain. <laughs> <laughs> I guess let's go ahead and answer some questions. So, the geek out questions are, how has the crew grown this session? Which character had the most meaningful interaction with your character this session? Which of your themes is under the most strain? If it collapses, what new aspect will show up in its place? And of course, we have our custom question, were two of your themes pitted against each other? If so, which two were they and which did you neglect? Who would like to go first? Um, since I lost my Unstoppable Activist, do I get a fourth Mythos card? No, you okay. can only have three Mythos. Uh, awesome. You can only have three Logos. That is wonderful because it limits my um, having to choose. Yep. Um, I would say... Um, I was going to say that I would put a crack in our um in the gang um Uh, but the theme is we will always have each other mm -hmm. and i'm not sure that faye feels like she's abandoning the group 
it's not how Faye feels. No, it's how it's about what's actually happening. I see. Okay. I completely agree with Kraken. I don't. I, and I don't know that at this point Faye even thinks of it as a group. Yeah, that's true. I will say. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a good no, point. no, you're right. <laughs> the the crew theme, or the gang has one final crack left. Oh. Oh, I don't do uh, that. Then. This could. Well, break I mean, I don't know. I is this a is this, this a breaking moment? The, it might be. I'm so tired of choosing new things. <laughs> uh, I mean, it does feel like that because we've lost two members, two original members, and then and then Faye is like a new person. A new so it's basically like Esther's the only original member left. Mm-hmm. Oof. You know? That hurt. You're not I'm wrong. Sorry. But that that hurt me in my heart. Oh, oh. I'm always the last one. <laughs> what? Hey, you lived. <laughs> <laughs> we, in another campaign we played, I was the only one left. You know what's and we got a whole new crew. You made it through a whole episode without taking any more damage. Oh my god, <laughs> what's the goal? Hey, I couldn't take any more. No, gonna be out. You can't. Yeah. Um, One more take. Bomb. Yeah, we need to heal you. Definitely need to heal her. But will you? Hmm. Yes, because I need her. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. But yeah, we played a. There was a Pathfinder campaign, Kingmaker, we were playing, and there was a Shambling Mound, and it killed everybody but me. <laughs> and then we got a new crew. And I was still the same character, so. Nice. <laughs> Did you get to keep all your, like, level ups and everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. The yeah. Best. But then anytime we saw a tree, I ran. Because a shambling mound is a, it's basically a, big a tree monster. It looks like a giant bush, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you just don't have great experiences with nature and role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say then okay. that I feel like, yes, our agreement is that we crack yeah. All right. The gang. I'm not sure if we ever said that explicitly. Yeah. Yeah, that is so. the uh, the final crack in the gang. So uh, yeah. your identity of we will always have each other is gone. Uh, the gang is no more. That. We will need to pick out a new crew theme next time we play. Uh, and I don't know if this is true, uh, but you might all get build-up points because you lost the crew theme and the crew theme is technically one of your themes uh i will i will go to the city of mist discord and check that uh because i could not find it in the book um but yeah the gang is gone who wants to answer the next question Christian, I think you already have a answer to a question you haven't asked it yet They're not going to be doing too good. They don't love each other. They're, they're not doing too good. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, within the span of, like, probably like an hour or two, mm-hmm. Faye went from, like, loving wife to his brother to not even caring. Mm-hmm. And because even before... Even before mm-hmm. she went... Mm-hmm. Um, into the forest, the you were frustrated forest, with her wanting to stop. Upset. Yeah, yeah. She needed. She stopped. Definitely. Yeah. So Muhammad is definitely not feeling good about Faye right now. Um, I think he's worried about her in a way too. Um, 
because this is not her. Um, mm. So I think that going forward, it's going to both be protecting his brother um, from that heartache, um, as well as trying to find a way to bring Faye back. Mm. Um, so definitely. So uh, are you saying you'll take a hurt point on Faye? Absolutely. Oh, look at that. You've already done it. <laughs> <laughs> a few times. Erase yeah. and redone it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Carrie, what about you? Um, I feel like Esther grew this episode, so she wants to give herself a help point. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I think, I mean... Obviously, Faye and Esther had interactions this episode, um, but there is some distance there because Esther doesn't know exactly what's going on with Faye, but I think they worked together, um, and they still, like, Faye still heard Esther even in this new state. Like, she still listened to her. Um, So I think I'd give Faye a help point. Okay. Take a help point on Faye. Also, I was out of help points on Faye, and uh, we need those a lot. So don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. Oh, so I sorry. honestly oh feel like hurt points on Faye are going to be more useful. Right now. <laughs> it's yeah, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, to save her from herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is definitely That's a time for help or hurt points. Yeah, points are powerful right now. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well. Uh, a very emotional episode. Uh, super awesome recording session being all together uh for the first time safely safely yes vaccines y'all um but yeah this is a this is a good episode thank you for recording these episodes guys and uh thank you listeners for listening Bye. bye